Isn't it just remarkable? How often beginnings and endings coincide. I'll give you a for instance. In the span of 48 hours, I became a dad and lost my father. Now I can hear what you're thinking. That's wild. And hell, you're not wrong. So I got a question for you. How the hell are you supposed to cope with grief when you're supposed to be wrapped in the glow of new life's joy? Honestly, I still don't know. Welcome to my dad. I'm dad. My name's Doug. This is a show for anyone who's ever loved, lost, and sought to make sense of those experiences. It's been nine months since the birth of my daughter, and I'm still not sure I've entirely grappled with the loss of my dad. We're all constantly in a state of flux, right? Bouncing between endings and beginnings. It's so easy, so tempting, especially in times like these, to focus so much on those extremes that we forget to spend some time in the here and now. So this show is my attempt to chronicle what it's like to become a dad, reminisce about my father, and hope to learn lessons from the past to better position myself as a parent right here in the present. In that first month after the arrival of my daughter, I found myself constantly in awe of the majesty of new life. Yeah, it was an enormous and lifelong adjustment that had to be made, like fucking yesterday. But every coup, every nap on the chest, every loving glance shared with my wife brought a new joy into my life I'd only ever imagined. Mostly, that first month after the unfortunate collision of life and death was a blur of diaper changing helping to care for my wife, who's a fucking champion, and finding a balance between all the raw emotions just spinning around in my head. All the newborn classes and prep proved invaluable for the kid. I feel like I know what I have to do there. But what are you supposed to do when you lose a parent, and you lose a parent that close to having your first child? I mean, come on. You'd think I'd have some sort of understanding of what to do there, given on the amount of books I've read, and movies I've watched. But I didn't. I was gobsmacked. I kept thinking, man, I gotta remember everything about Dad. And then it struck me, in the next moment, oh man, I gotta try to remember everything about this kid's life. I know that's impossible. And a lot of it is probably gone already. But I held on to some things. Couple notable things that I held on to. One, she looked like a chicken nugget under the red light we used at night to keep an eye on her. It was like a, our own little fast food item. <laughs> Order up, Mom. I think the baby's ready. Two, we hoped for a number two so bad that we were happy as pigs and shit when she shit the bed. And I mean literally shit the bed. Who knew an unholy mess could make me so fucking happy? You know, someone wrote, when we were looking for parenting advice, that the nights are long, but the years were short. And I'll be damned if that's not true. Dad's passing really hammered that lesson home. I wonder what I wouldn't have asked him if I knew the day I couldn't ask him anything ever again. I wish I could tell Dad everything about bringing Maxine home. I wish I could tell him that I sometimes cry out of appreciation when a friend drops off a meal or sends along a card of welcome. But there's the rub. 
Soon half the cards were for sympathy, and half were congratulatory. Dad, being who he was, would have loved that contrast. He probably would have said something like, mm -mm. These are damn good chicken and dumplings. Eat up, son. Doesn't matter if you're happy or sad. Every day I stare at a picture of him and I wonder if he'd be proud of the dad I'm becoming. But somewhere in the middle of all this change, I lock into something he and I loved and I find a way to have dad with me again. A way for him to be with his granddaughter. Well, kind of. You see, dad taught me all kinds of things. But chief among them, whether he knew it or not, was an appreciation for stories. Sorry, Dad. I never quite got the knack for soldering, but I am a fair crack at melting things. I know you'd appreciate that. Anyway, no contrivance for telling stories was off the table for Dad and I. Movies, books, spoken word, you name it. If the story was cooking, we were ready to gobble. So I began to tell myself a story. A story about empty chairs. I still don't know where I stand on afterlives or the concept of a corporeal heaven. But I really believe in the power of imagination. One night, holding Maxine at 2 a.m. or so so Mom could get some rest, I looked into the empty chair across from me, and I imagined Dad sitting there. He wasn't doing much. I didn't need him to. He was just sitting there and smiling his warm smile, nodding his head. When she stirred or cried, he gently coaxed me to comfort her the way I imagined he comforted me when I was young. To this day, months and months from the time of his passing, I see him in empty chairs when I need him. I see him in the woods as I walk, or out in the yard during gorgeous sunsets. I talk to him and he just nods and smiles. Occasionally, when Max is really giving it a good wail, he winks at me and chuckles to himself. I know, Dad, best laid plans and all. It's been tough to do this without him. What I wouldn't do for his guidance. But he still found a way to give me comfort. Even after he was gone. Now I know. He's only really as real as the stories I've loved since I was young. But I tell you what, Jurassic Park is just a story, and I can see it in vivid detail whenever I close my eyes. What's very real is the constant support and guidance I've received from members of my family, my friends, and thankfully, my mother. Ma, if you're listening, thanks for helping me grow into someone resilient enough to, I don't know, Start a podcast to get through some shit in his life? <laughs> I appreciate it. Becoming a parent has changed my life forever. Full stop. And losing dad helped me understand that the selflessness inherent to being a parent is a gift only really understood by a kid in hindsight. And after uncovering that monumental truth... I think one of the best ways to honor the legacy of my dad as a parent is to constantly do what he wanted most for me to do. Talk to people. Share stories. And hope to hell we can make a difference in each other's lives. In that spirit, here's a story about my dad parenting me that has proved an invaluable lesson in hindsight. 
So I was, uh, I think, six. Able to form memories, but the details are still a little fuzzy. Anyway, Dad loved to ice fish. I'm told it was one of his fondest wishes to bring his kids out on the ice with him for the first time. So there we were, up north. I was suited up and Dad had already gone about the business of preparation. Probably starting at fucking 5 a.m., I don't know. He was nuts. His prep was a lot like a Batman suit-up montage. But instead of the iconic rubber suit, there were things like shanties, heaters, lures, tip-ups, etc. But if I'm being honest, I still thought his 90s winter aesthetic was pretty badass. Dickie and all. Point is, ice fishing with a couple kids and some friends is no easy feat of preparation. But Dad trudged toward it with all the resignation of a blues brother on a mission from God. Before heading out onto the ice... I got the pep talk. Now, Doug, don't step into any holes out there. It'll be a long walk back and it's freezing cold out. So, you know where this is going, right? We all made the trek out onto the ice. Patiently waited while the shanty was erected, heaters were lit, and lines were dropped. I vividly recall getting a little too close to the gas heater and burning a small hole in my mitten. But otherwise... I had a fucking blast for roughly 20 minutes before I came across the hole. This one was too damn good, you know what I mean? Lightly iced over, calling my name. It said, Doug, do the wrong thing. Naturally. Being a kid, I couldn't just break the ice and see the water underneath. No, no, no. I had to stick my whole damn leg in there just to see what was what. So there I was, soaked from the knee down in the freezing cold wind as Dad approached and discovered what he'd feared all along. From that point on, I just remember him holding me in the slow walk back to the cabin. I'm sure. Uh, I know there were more than a few choice words bandied about, but what has stuck with me over the years was his tenderness when I was safe in the warmth. He took care of me. Probably reminded me way too many times of the danger I'd been in, but he did his best to make sure I was comfortable for the rest of the day. Dad eventually made his way back out, and I remained in the cabin with books and TV shows and everything I wanted to do that day anyway. The father in me has learned a lot from that memory. Mostly, I empathize with the necessity for understanding as you begin to incorporate your child into your favorite things in life. Hell, your life in general. I don't need to imagine how frustrated Dad was that day. It was written all over his face. But the subtlety of his shift from anger to caring to teaching and acknowledging the balance of parenthood is something I'll continue to aspire to. Will I be heartbroken the day Maxine tells me that she doesn't love Jurassic Park? Or that she doesn't want to go on the fifth walk in the woods this week? Yeah, probably but I'd like to imagine I'll develop an understanding that I'll love what she loves just because she loves it. When I think about it, it's like Dad's been preparing me to be a parent my entire life. Thanks, Dad. I get it now. Hey, man, sorry I stuck my leg in the hole, but you know what? You told me the boots were waterproof. How do you expect a kid not to stick more gear in the hole to see how much of that was waterproof? Turns out, none. None of it was.
Now I'm willing to bet dollars to donuts, favorite phrase of my dad's, that any or all of you listening have stories you'd like to share. Maybe stories of your parents. Being a parent? The loss of a parent? Stories about my dad? Hell, anything. I hope you share them. To be frank, I hope you share them with me. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty damn certain one of the best ways to cope with anything in life is discovering that none of us are alone in the things we encounter. And maybe, just maybe if we're lucky, we can help each other out. Wouldn't that be some damn thing? You got a story needs telling? You want to be a guest on this show? Excellent. Let me know. Email me at mdidpodcast at gmail.com or contact me on Facebook or Instagram at mdidpod. I have this unbelievably pretentious high school senior yearbook quote that I feel sums up my intentions here well. Words the physician of the mind diseased. Woohoo! That was some kind of little shit. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the first episode of My Dad, I'm Dad. Stay tuned for more episodes weekly as I reminisce, reflect, and attempt to blend the past into the present to build a hopeful future. A very special thanks to Andy Bird for the music in this podcast. What can I say, Bird? I love you, man. And finally, here's some wisdom from Dad to bear in mind throughout the week. Keep your back to the wind. What do you want to freeze out there? I'll see you next time, folks. <laughs>